Hey there, friends of Holy Shenanigans Podcast. I'm thrilled to share that I'll be recording live from the Wild Goose Festival this July 11 through 14. Wild Goose Festival is a transformational community grounded in faith-inspired social justice. It's a one-of-a-kind gathering that brings together activists, artists, and seekers from all walks of life to explore justice and art, spirituality, and community. The festival will take place at Van Hoy Farms in Union Grove, North Carolina, and I'd love for you to join me there. From engaging workshops to inspired panels and interactive experiences, Wild Goose has something for everyone. So mark your calendars and let's be part of this incredible community that is committed to making a positive impact in the world. For more information, visit www. WildGooseFestival.org. As one of my followers, use a discount code A-TLE24. That's A-TLE24. And you'll get $50 off the price of an adult weekend ticket. We will see you there at the Wild Goose Festival to connect, to build community, and to work for social justice. Welcome to the second full-length episode of Holy Shenanigans. Thank you to all who have followed, shared, and helped us to reach the goal of over 250 downloads of this podcast. The U.S. general election will be held on Tuesday, November 3rd, 2020, just a little more than a month from the airing of this episode of Holy Shenanigans. In order to vote in this general election, you have to be registered to vote. And that deadline is right around the corner. Pat Mitchell, curator of TED Women, says this about the importance of voting. If we don't vote, we are ignoring our history and giving away the future. shenanigans. These are stories to surprise, encourage, and sometimes turn life upside down all in the name of love. I'm your muse, Tara Lamont Eastman, a creative, a feminist, and a pastor. I invite you to join me on the unpredictable spiritual adventure that is always sacred, but never stuffy. Each episode of Holy Shenanigans is part Bible story, part personal experience, and part poetry, but 100% Holy Shenanigans. In today's Bible story, we find Jesus in a conflict with the religious leaders of the day. Jesus does not act, behave, or spend time with people that these religious leaders would think was appropriate. These leaders can't understand how Jesus can speak about scripture with authority while hanging out with tax collectors and prostitutes. So Jesus uses a parable to make a point, to call them out on their biases, to lift up the message of grace, to preach good news to the poor. And while some of these religious leaders were fascinated by Jesus and his words and his work, his courage, 
They did not listen or change because they did not want to lose what they had. But as the gospel teaches, nothing can stop the love of God from breaking its way into the world. Nothing can stop the love of God. Nothing. Because Jesus was different than what these religious leaders expected, they thought what he had to say and do didn't matter. But exactly the opposite is true. What Jesus says and does for grace, for love, makes all the difference in the world. As human beings, we like clear and concise answers. We want to know if it is right or wrong, left or right, up or down. We long for litmus tests that will help us explain all of the answers to the questions that we hold in our hearts. This gospel lesson speaks to a lot of things. Fear of something beyond our understanding, refusal to accept that God may be calling us to a different kind of life, or understanding about who Jesus is. And this question, who is Jesus, is what brings me to my own personal story about trying to find the answer to this question. A long time ago, I was on a spiritual quest. I was trying to learn all I could about Jesus. While I had grown up in church my entire life, I hadn't had a whole lot of diverse experiences of faith. And so I went on this traveling visit of church to church, place to place, learning whatever I could about their traditions, hoping that would help me answer this question. Who is Jesus? On one particular leg of this spiritual quest, I was invited to a small group Bible study at a new friend's home. I was invited for dinner and fellowship, which is the order of the day when you go to a Bible study at somebody's home. And so I didn't have any reason to really question the invitation. And so I accepted it. I had no clue that this invitation came with anything except kindness and friendliness and welcome. Oh, yes. And coffee and cookies. So in the days before GPS, I got the address made a plan, and I arrived at this Bible study at the particular time that it was planned. My new friend welcomed me. I came in the door and got settled, expecting a time of opening our Bibles and reading and praying. The person that had invited me, I found out later, had a different expectation of this time. What I had expected to be a grace-filled space of learning turned out to be a litmus test for my belief in God. According to my new friend, this litmus test required that they pray for me, not only just pray for me, but circle around me, place their hands on my head and shoulders, and pray for me until I prayed in a very particular way. While I was familiar with the charismatic movement and this particular way of praying, I had not expected that that was what this prayer meeting was about and that this was what I was expected to learn that night. To make an already uncomfortable situation worse, I was asked to not leave this place until I received this gift. Nonetheless, the leaders of this group were determined that I would prove my faith in God by praying in tongues. Surrounded by strangers in a strange house, their hands on my shoulders demanding that I pray in tongues, the only thing that came to mind was Spanish class from grade eight. And before I knew it, and thankfully they didn't know it, I started to recite the Spanish alphabet. 
Ah, bay, say, day. To my shock and awe, they believed that I had been given this gift. And I had never been so thankful for eighth grade Spanish class. I grabbed my coat, my bag, my car keys, and I got the heck out of there. And so I went to my friend's house who had grown up in the charismatic tradition. I needed some answers and I needed them now. When I got to her house, she poured me a calming cup of tea. She listened to my experience and she was angry. She explained that this kind of prayer is never demanded. This is a grace given gift by God. This gift of grace was one that cannot be forced. There were rules to keep people safe. It was not to be used as a litmus test to prove one's faith in God. It was to be a gift of grace and love. Because of her words, I came to a place of healing. Because deep in my gut, I knew that what I had experienced had not been right. What was right was my safe escape from this misdirected gospel and my travels to the arms of grace of a friend who loved and cared for me. In my quest for the answer to the question, who is Jesus? I found Jesus in the love my friend showed to me that day. I experienced Jesus in the safe escape of a situation that was bad and could have gotten terribly worse. Situation of shenanigans and not the good kind. But at the end of this day, I was grateful for the holy shenanigans of safe escape and the grace and love of a good friend. Another very, very important thing I learned that day is to always listen to my gut, to know that God is present with me wherever I go. And if a person were to use trickery, abuse of power, or anything else contrary to the gospel, that that has nothing to do with Jesus. Being on a spiritual quest is one thing that I don't think has an end. We all have questions about faith and God. And in my own question, who is Jesus? I'm still finding answers day in and day out. And I'm also learning who Jesus is not. If I were to ask you this question, who is Jesus? What would you say? What stories would you have to share over a cup of comforting tea? Or perhaps how have you experienced God in your own life? What would you say? And how would you follow your gut to find the true answer of love and grace and mercy? The religious leaders of Jesus' day struggled to believe who Jesus was because he was so much different than they expected. All the litmus tests that they had, he just didn't quite seem to add up. Time and time and time again, Jesus reaches out to the religious leaders tries to help them to see that God's story is bigger than they've already just imagined. The story of God is always bigger than we imagine. And litmus tests, I don't think they're part of the story. The story is about grace and love. Grace and love like Jesus sitting and eating with tax collectors and prostitutes. Grace that makes room for big spiritual questions. Always listening to your gut calling out abuses of power in the name of God, and lavishing in cups of tea and empathy from the love of a dear friend. This week's poem, Jesus and the Great Escape. I went to lots of places looking for Jesus. 
trying to answer this question, who is Jesus? What I learned is this. Jesus is not looking for me to pass a spiritual litmus test. Jesus does not force, trick, or trap. Jesus shows up. Jesus gave me an escape. What I did learn is that Jesus lifts, protects, and always, always loves. Truth be told, I did find Jesus. I found Jesus in a friend who offered cups of tea and empathy, who loved me, and who patiently, carefully, and gracefully prayed for me. Nothing was forced. There was no bait and switch. Grace was not demanded. Grace, really, truly, was her gift. My name is Tara Lamont Eastman, and this is Holy Shenanigans. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Unpredictable Spiritual Adventure that is always sacred, but never stuffy. Until next time, blessings to you and the holy shenanigans of your amazing life.